Welcome to the audio podcast for Saturday Night Life. SNL is a ministry of Northwood Church, and our hope is that this will be a tool that blesses and encourages you in your walk with Jesus. If you want to learn more about Northridge Church or SNL, you can visit us at nrchurch.ca or join us for Saturday Night Life at 7 p.m. on Saturday evenings. Until we meet, be blessed and enjoy the word for this evening. A million stories all the time. So my son's had the same girlfriend for a very long time, and she's very, very funny. And when you listen to them argue all the time, right? Not all the time. That's, that's probably an exaggeration. And actually, I got another story, too. I got keys in my pocket, and you ever seen that Matt Foley on Saturday Night Live where he's yanking the drawers? It's exactly what I feel is going on with those keys. They're, like, they're yanking them down like Matt Foley. The van down by the river. But anyhow, the other story. Well, where's the, oh, yeah, so <laughs> my son and his girlfriend are arguing, and she's like, I have the talking stick. I can speak now. And he, he, he shut up. It was pretty awesome. I looked at my wife, I'm like, don't ever use that, but that's awesome. It was, it was pretty funny. And while we're on the topic of my wife, my wife came up to me Wednesday, walked in the house and looked at this and went, oh, that's ugly. That's got to go. Yeah, I'm like, no, I like it. I like it. So yeah, thank you, Dave. Thank you. See, I hope she's watching. Dave said he likes it. It, it matters not at all. Not at all. Carrie Lee knows my wife well enough that that makes zero difference to Mrs. Bennett. When she has her mind made up, it will probably be gone tomorrow. But in my sleep, yeah. See, you got a good beard too, right? You got a nice thick one. Andy, you got one too? You, you got a goat. That's all right. That looks good too. I can't, I, I'm not, th- and you too. Mine's patchy though. Mine's, mine's patchy. Back there. See, everybody's got a better beard than me. That's, me. that's why she's saying that I, I got, it's got to go. Mine's in, I got beard envy. Oh, well, yeah. And then there's the ultimate, right? That's a beaut. That's a beaut. Oh, she would kill. That's got it. She would kill. <laughs> so anyhow, now that I got that out of my system, thank you for listening. It does help. Where's my, there's my water. Uh, so we are going out of... Uh, Sorry, you guys. I, was, I hate drinking in front of you guys. It feels so gross. <laughs> Anyhow, we're going out of John 10. And uh, it's the very beginning of, of John 10. It says, good shepherd and his sheep. And uh, you know what? Unfortunately for you guys, I made a lot of notes. <laughs> and so I was like, this could be long, so I'm going to try and make it not short, and I'm trying not to bore you too much, and so that's why I kind of gave you the funny stories. You got the picture there, Hayden? Uh, yeah. Kick it up, kid. Okay, so this, this, uh, I want to say four years ago, my wife, my family, my family and I, we went to Italy, and this was in the Vatican. They have this massive museum, and you can tour the museum, and this caught my eye. It's, it's, it's uh, made of gold. It's called the shepherd. And uh, see, he's carrying the lamb. And uh, made me think, of, it's, it has everything to do with what I'm going to be speaking. Am I, this is working? It is working. Okay, sorry. I'm just too loud in my own head, maybe is what it is. But, so anyhow, maybe think about, uh, it's a perfect example of what I'm talking about today. So, next slide. I'm going to read through it. I'm going to read through it, and then we're going to go through it like I always do. Uh, now it was winter, 
And Jesus was in Jerusalem at the time of Hanukkah, the festival of dedication. He was in the temple, walking through the section known as Solomon's Colonnade. The people surrounded him and asked, How long are you going to keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. Jesus replied, I have already told you, and you don't believe me. The proof is in the work I do in my Father's name. But you don't believe me because you are not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them. They follow me. I give them eternal life. They will never perish. No one. This is the part I know I'm still reading through, but this is the part that honestly gives me goosebumps and just makes me crazy and gives me nothing but comfort. No one can snatch them away from me, for my Father has given them to me. He is more powerful than anyone else. No one can snatch them from the Father's hand. Honestly, I'm not kidding you. You look at my legs, I got goosebumps, sorry. And uh, the Father and I are one. Once again, people picked up stones. What's with the stones already? What, they picked up the stones to kill him. Jesus said, at my Father's direction, I have done many good works. For which one are you going to stone me? Healing people? The blind guy? Feeding a thousand people? Healing the crippled guy? He, he doesn't say that, but it, it happened. <clears throat> they replied, this is the part that makes me nuts too. We're, we're stoning you not for any good works, for blasphemy. You, a mere man, claim to be God. And Jesus replied, it is written in your own scriptures that God said to certain leaders of the people, I say you are gods, and you know that the scriptures cannot be altered. So if those people were received, who received God's message were called gods, why do you call it blasphemy when I say I am the son of God? After all, the Father set me apart and sent me into the world. Don't believe me unless I carry out my Father's work. But if I, if I do his work, believe in the evidence of the miraculous works I have done. Even if you don't believe me, then you will know and understand that the Father is in me and I am in the Father. Once again, they tried to wrestle him and chuck him with rocks. So I'm going to go over this, and there's some parts I know that sound confusing when you first hear it. But uh, it says it's wintertime. And, and, and Hanukkah, if you, for those of you who don't know, is in the winter. It's in December. And it's between the 18th and the 26th of December, so Christmas time, right? Or Hanukkah time. And so I also read, I was, I was wondering about this, this area, or the section called Solomon's Colonnade. And um, it was also called Solomon's Porch in diff, different, different translations. And uh, it was, I don't know if you recall, a little while ago, Another great parenting moment of Jesus' parents, and I know I've had some fantastic moments, but they walked for like a couple of days, and they, and they went, oh, the kid, and he, he was on this porch. This is where he was when they went, after walking for two days, thinking they were with, you know, with you guys, and you guys thought they were with me, and Jesus was sitting there as a little guy just talking to everybody on Solomon's porch. That's exactly where he was when they found him, and it was a spot traditionally where People would banter back and forth on topics of, you know, the Bible or Jewish law or whatever happened. And it reminded me when I was a kid, I used to live in a little, little tiny town in, in Grand Forks. And it had a high uh, population of, 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 of Russian immigrants from the, like, the 1920s, Dukovors they were called. And uh, all the old men would sit right on the, the bench 
on the bench or on the stairs and you'd all hear him speak in Russian and bantering back and forth in Russian and pointing at us kids and stuff like that. But yeah, it reminded me of that story. Sorry, it did. But uh, so moving on. Sorry, I got, too, I got too many stories in this little head. This fat head, I guess, is more like what it is. The, uh, so here's the other thing I was, I was looking at this too. It says, I've already, sorry, how long, this is the part I like too. How long are you going to keep us in suspense? Like it isn't clear yet that he's not the Messiah, that he's not the son of God. He, he fed 5,000, 7,000 people with, with some fish and some bread. And, and, and these are clearly people that don't believe that are trying, trying somehow to, to stick it to Jesus. If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. Okay, well, you know, like here's a basket of fish. I'm going to feed 5,000. I don't know. That's a subtle hint. The guy that, that, that couldn't, that was lame for 38 years. I just, I got, here you go, get up and walk and go home. You can't see? Here, I'm going to make you see. Subtle hints, right? So, they, they, they asked, they, they tried to get him to prove it, like, like it was his fault that he had done something wrong. And this is the part, it's the, this is the part that starts to really hit home and, and makes me think of when I was younger. You don't believe me because you are not my sheep. And I remember this, this, this man came to when I was in school. And he uh, was talking about his life of crime when he was a kid and a young man. And then I didn't know at the time. He had all these cool stories about beating people up and how bad his life was as a hell's angel. He had these huge arms. He was the, the, at the time in the 80s when I was a kid, he was the fifth best arm wrestler in the world. I don't know if that means anything to anybody. But, you know, he's just, he had huge guns, in other words, right? And so anyway, he's telling all these stories. He's like, hey, if you want to listen more, come to the uh, mezzanine in the marina, uh, marina in the arena at, 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 in, in town. So we all go to more here, listen to more punching stories. And, and he get up, and he starts telling, talking about Jesus. And we're like, oh. We all just, like jerks. We all just got up in the middle of him talking about Jesus. It's like total jerks. We were rude. Just, okay, these aren't fighting stories. I'm out of here. I'm leaving. And this is what these, these guys are, they, 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 they don't want to listen to Jesus because they're not his sheep. They're not his believers. And, and it's then it started making me think about the shepherds and who, the, who, who I, I used back in the day to guide me through my life and who us as a group who we've used as our own shepherds and who we chose to follow, whether it was our own voice in our head or our own, our own decisions or our own lies that we decided to listen to, or, or friends that we wanted to try and hang around with and try to just uh, be a part of their world or, or not feel left out. And the voices, uh, and, and it's, so the, the part I really like is... is in a couple of verses back, in chapter 10, verse 11, it says, I am the good shepherd. And this is the part for those of us, and most of us are dudes here, I think, well, except for you two. Oh, and you, sorry, Carrie Lee. Yeah, and Carrie Lee. Oh, and a little hat. Uh, yeah, okay, there's a bunch. Okay, so for us, never mind that. I, I do that every time, but I don't know why I put my foot in my mouth every time. But for me growing up, let's use me. And having my dad, who was not the greatest leader and who I felt abandoned by and who I felt completely disowned and discredited and not comforted, 
when I finally realized, you know, I'm just going to read it before I stop blabbering on. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for his sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me. Just as my father knows me, I know the father. So I sacrifice my life for my sheep. And I, I, every time I hear that song, he's a good, good father, it honestly just, I can barely sing it because it, it, it's that, the good, good father. He sent his son to lay his life down for me, for us. And I wanted to kind of go over as well for, for those of us who are new as Christians, what it means to be a sheep or, or to be a good sheep. And I, I can remember uh, and what it's like to have a good shepherd. I can remember uh, years ago, this is kind of, I used to, yeah, I thought it was my phone, sorry guys. I, I, years ago, I used to rodeo. And, it was, and we had a bunch of cattle. And my buddy and I fed the cows all the time. And the cows knew our voice. You came into the house or came into the farm, and you called them, they just sit there. They knew that me and my buddy, well, I'm going to say we protected them, but we ripped their heads off all the time when we were doing rodeos. So we didn't protect them, but we fed them. And, 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 and they knew that we were a source of, 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 when we were around, we were a source of food and sustenance, and we took care of them. And then later on, my younger son, he, he, uh, he really liked animals. He still does really like animals. And a friend of ours had little sheep. Oh, they were cute. They were super cute. They're little baby sheep, like I mean, little baby. Where you had, they still, they would suck your finger like a gum in a bottle. And so he took care of them. And the babies would come around, and he'd call them. And the babies heard his voice, and they would come to him. And I remember even, even he, even um, a horse called a Belgian. They're a great big draft horse, massive. They're, I'm not kidding you. The neck was like that big around. And he would make, we would make treats, and we would bake the little treats. Horse-friendly treats, gluten-free, you know all the, all that other stuff, and he'd give the treats to them. Be, and he would, he would shepherd those little, those giant horse. With a, I'm not kidding you, the hooves were that big around. That giant horse would follow little ten-year-old Joey everywhere he went. Joey would stop, the horse would stop and wait for him, and he'd turn around. The horse would follow him, and uh, one thing led to another, and our friends had to kind of dissolve her farm, and she she gave her Belgian horse to uh, a lady that that's what she did. She took these draft horses and used them as draft horses in logging, and she had these massive buggies, and she'd take these horses to the Peony, where she took it, and did all these silly things that you want to do with horses, I guess. And Joey saw the horse, and uh, Missy was her name, and he was like, Missy! And that horse ran as fast as it could, straight to the edge of the, edge of the paddock, and just s- rubbed in my son's face, and my wife's sitting there just blubbering, of course. Oh, Joey, but this is what a good shepherd does, right? The, the, the sheep find comfort in the shepherd. And, sorry, that's another family story that you, you didn't have to endure. But <laughs> the, and so I wanted to, like I say, go over Christian people or the sheep of, of Christ. If you're doing your, if you're listening, you're sensitive to God's word. And if we, you, if you listen hard enough and read his 
read his word, you will hear his voice. It's not going to be, hey, Steve, how are you doing this morning? If you read and pray, you'll be sensitive to listen to his voice. And you'll, and you'll think the, stup- the, the decisions that you used to make before, well, hey, this, I, I feel that like I should be doing this. I feel that my life should be taking me in this direction. That is his voice. That is being sensitive. And the second is being obedient. He says, verse 27, the sheep hear, listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Follow me means they're in, you're obedient. My children, they're bigger, but they still follow me. We went on a, I don't know what people are upset about hunting. We went on a camping trip. We went on a camping trip. And wherever I went, my giant sons followed me like they were my puppies. It gets me choked up. I know every time I talk about my children, I do this, but my boys are huge, and they're still obedient to their, their earthly father. And where I went, that's the obe- we need to be obedient to Jesus in that regard. We need to be obedient so that when the wrong things come our way, we, go, we, need to, we can go. That's not for me. That's not the life I want. That's not the drink I need that's going to get rid of my pain. I have a very good friend right now who's having a nervous, he's in the middle of a complete emotional meltdown. Complete. I have to go visit him tomorrow. He drinks three to four bottles of wine at night and then becomes suicidal. And, and follow me. That had, doesn't happen. You know but when you, when, when, that, that is, you're, you're reaching out for an empty solution, and it's not a solution. You're reaching out for, for destruction. And then the other thing, is, verse 28, I give them, this is the part, it, it just, it's just, it honestly, it warms my, me up and makes me feel, it makes me, uh, from what I used to be as a, just an empty human being, it makes me feel, I don't want to pump up my chest, but that's what it makes me feel. It makes me just feels like I can take on anything. And I'm not exaggerating. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. Sheep of God know where we're going. There's been men who've come through here from Helen who I've loved and I miss, and I know, I know, ladies and gentlemen, they're not perished. I miss them. I, I remember their faces and their, and their, their fears and, 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 and what they were worried about. But they weren't worried in where they were going. And then the other thing, the next thing is, sorry, is verse 28. No one, they're feeling secure for the first time in my life, ladies and gentlemen, first time in my life, I mean 55, but when, when I realized, when I realized in my 20s that, that the greatest love that could have ever have happened, that could ever occur to me was that cross and the Holy Father sending his son to die on that cross for me and, and that it makes me, again, I know I blubber here all the time, and I don't at home. I'm a little, I'm a little more stoic at home. I don't, and, but 
no one can snatch them away from me. That was my greatest fear when I was a little man, that somebody would snatch me and, and hurt me and take me away from my, my safety of my family. Or, or, or that my father would do the same thing to me. No one can snatch them away from your holy father. Nobody. Nothing. I'm sorry, I just get, it just ramps me up because it just gives me so much comfort and, it, it, and my, it's my greatest hope for everybody that comes from Hilland, everybody that comes and sits in this chair, never mind Hilland, is that you feel that, that no one can snatch them away from me. For my Father has given them to me. You, every one of you, have been given to Him. You are part of Him, never to disappear. No one can snatch them, snatch them from the Father's hand. My grandpa used to go, put a dollar in his hand. He'd go, go ahead, Steve, grab it, grab it, grab it. You can grab it. It's yours. I've never got it, but he'd throw it at me anyhow, right? And that's what made me think of that. No matter what comes, no matter what, what happens, no one. And, and it's, it says, verse 30 the Father and I are one. And, and I, can't, I can't stress enough how much that just that, those last couple of verses just give me confidence to carry me through my life and carry me through my struggles. And when I got to go see my friend tomorrow, that I can go and say, hey, and I'm telling you, it's going to be the most difficult probably conversation I've ever had in my entire life. He's a father of two, two boys, fine boys, and a fantastic wife, a strong lady. And it's four, three to four bottles of wine at night. And he's, he wrote me a suicide note on Boxing Day. He told me to take care of his kids. Me, to take care of his kids. It would mean a lot to him. So that's, that was, that's my Sunday. But anyhow. Um, so moving on. To, to the other, I just wanted to explain this for but you guys. I know when I read it, it sounded weird. It says uh, in verse 34, verse 34 is written in your own scriptures that God said you are, to you that certain leaders of the people, I say you are gods. And they were referring to the, in, in, it's a passage out of Psalm, according to my Bible, and I listened to a study too. Psalm 82, he was talking about the judges of the time in the Old Testament, and they ruled with power, and they ruled like they were gods. They were the judges. They were supposed, they claimed to be speaking on behalf of God. And so, and so this is what Jesus is saying. And you know that the scriptures cannot be altered, so that if those people who received God's message were called gods, why do you call it blasphemy when I say I am the son of God? They were saying, you guys are willing to accept these guys who didn't always work on behalf of God and in, sometimes in their own interests. So that's, uh, that's, I just wanted to clear that up in case, because I know when I, I read it, I'm like, oh, oh, how am I going to stand up here and explain that a little bit? But, but honestly, uh, the band wants to come up. What's that? Worship, oh, the worship, whatever, the band, come on. And, and, you, and you know what? I got to say something to you before I was sit, sitting here thinking about this worship. Yeah, thanks. Heckled, heckled. That's what I need is heckled. 
is, is uh, these guys are, it's fantastic. I sit here and I see everybody. I see Alex and Spencer and Roseanne and David and, 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 and watch Alex. I remember when Alex first came into Hillen. He wasn't that smiley face. Not even close. Well, yeah, and I don't mean to say that you're obviously. sad, but obviously, right? But and and and, and for people who first, awesome. it's amazing, right? He's sitting here singing in front That's of awesome. us, and it's holding this microphone. Let alone stand, my son. So my son plays the guitar, and I was like, you know, one day I'd like to try and sing something for for Helen because there's a song I really like. He's like, oh, dad, that that takes a lot to do that, and he's <laughs> not wrong. So you'll never see me do that because I can't carry a tune in a bucket. But the uh, uh, I just. Honestly, it's a standing testimony to see, see Alex and Spencer and Roseanne and David too, for all of us that to dedicate for that. And, and, and this is the part that, honestly, it just fills my heart with just thankfulness of what Jesus can do for us if we let him do it for us. If we accept that he is, he is he, we can find comfort in that no one can snatch him us away from him ever and that if ever an idea or a, a thought that crosses our mind that doesn't match up it doesn't feel right it is the one jesus has come to, he says and i said it last week to bring us abundant life life in abundance and i know he's not necessarily talking about becoming a rich man with a fancy watch and he's, he's giving you a life full of love is what he's come to give you a life full of love a life with happiness a life with fulfillment a life that we were meant to have with the relationship with him and if anybody comes or anything comes to contradict that it's the thief it is not Jesus and it's as plain as that in black and white Thank you for joining us for Saturday Night Life. If you want to learn more about this ministry, or if you want to talk to somebody about what you heard on this podcast, please email us at snl at nrchurch.ca. We'd love to get to know you better. Until then, be safe and be blessed.